Hey, welcome to Souls and Hearts Be With the Word. I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here with... I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski. I'm a clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana. And you're joining us for our weekly podcast where we reflect on the readings that are coming up in the Sunday on Sunday at Mass. And first of all, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And to you, Peter, a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. <laughs> and I decided to be celebratory, and I wore my Christmas sweater, if you can sort of <laughs> make it out a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. see you're wearing what you normally wear. <laughs> no, I'm just you. My mother told me that I should wear a jacket, so, you know. Did she? <laughs> okay. Which is very apropos for our readings today for the Feast of the Holy Family. Uh, right, that's right. Feast of the Holy Family. Uh, yeah, beautiful devotion. And uh, anyway, well, so what we like to do at the beginning is just read the readings. If you've already read them or whatever, you could skip through, you can forward through a few minutes and just jump right into our discussion. Uh, but we're going to do the readings. Before we do that, just want to mention what we do every week is we don't discuss this in advance. We each <laughs> reflect privately and we come, we come with a kind of a, a major theme. And so my theme for, this, for these readings was you can make a positive change in your family system. That's what I have. What have you got, uh, Peter? My major theme is to take time for your loved one, your spouse, or if not your spouse, then another family member or friend or God, right? So take time with that loved one. Sounds good. Okay, so we're going to explore those two different themes and, and, our, and our sense of the reading. So let's start with our readings. Um, the first reading comes from um, the book of Sirach from the Old Testament. So I'll begin there. Uh, it's uh, 3, 2 to 6, 12 to 14. God sets a father in honor over his children. A mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children. And when he prays, he is, is heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives. Even if his mind fail, be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten. Firmly planted against the debt of your sins. A house raised in justice to you. second reading is from St. Paul to the Colossians. It is from chapter 3, verses uh, 12, to 7, 12 to 21. We'll be reading the long form. There's a short form and a long form. Brothers and sisters, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one is a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these, put on love, that is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were 
also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as in all wisdom you teach and admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God our Father through him. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children so that they may not become discouraged. And the gospel reading is from Matthew uh, chapter 2. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod had died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. He rose, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go back there. And because he had been warned in a dream, he departed for the region of Galilee. He went and dwelt in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. And that's the Gospel of the Lord. All right. So let's discuss a little bit. <laughs> I mean, first of all, can I just say, because last week, just to kind of mention, last week we saw Joseph too, I think it was last week, we saw Joseph respond to a dream. And you made the point that I thought was really good, like he just acted immediately. And we see the same kind of action. I think it's really cool that Joseph, you know, first of all, he's the one that gets the messages. It's right. interesting. And that he takes action immediately and just does what the angel tells him to do. And, his, and, and I love the fact that he's like this protector figure. And he's just like there to take care of Mary and Jesus and take him where he needs to and make sure they're safe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, I, lives I, out, he really lives out that role of being protector of the family, providing safety, security. And, you know, what's striking to me, and I mentioned this before, is that he's, he's psychologically fit. He's ready and he's resilient, right? And what's striking me about that passage in the gospel is that Mary, because Joseph loves her so much, you know, as we heard about in in Colossians, because Joseph loves her so much, she's ready to respond. She trusts them. She trusts them. Mm -hmm. So the response is immediate. There's not bickering about it. There's not questioning. You know, there's there's this unity within that holy family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that's great. And so the the my my main kind of takeaway or point was around. Um, you can make a positive change in your family system. And so maybe I just want to say something about what is a system? What am I talking about? Because I'm a marriage and family therapist. We talk about systems theory. It's kind of the background or the backbone of, 
of the whole profession, really. And so it's the idea that we are we are systems that that we're not just in, we don't only look at the individual and what's going on inside the individual, but we kind of focus on or look at how the system interacts with each other. And so when you make any change in a system, it has an effect on everybody. And in the same body of Christ, like I think the, the, you know, Paul's description of the body of Christ is, is really a system and, and it, all the parts have some function in the system. And, and if you take one away or you affect one in a negative way, it has a negative effect on everybody. But conversely, if you do something positive to one part of the system, it will have an effect on the whole. And so um, I just was excited about this reading, A, because there's a lot of talk of family roles and how the different family members, husband, wife, children, how they're, they're expected to relate to each other and function with each other. So I feel like we, between Sirach and then Colossians especially, but lived out with the Holy Family, we see a family, we see the example of what God wants family systems to be. Um, the reality, I feel, is that a lot of families just, you know, struggle, <laughs> right? There's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of uh, a struggling in the systems. And so what do we do, right? So if you're, who isn't in a family that doesn't have some stressors, that doesn't have some dysfunction? And so what can we do to at least have a positive impact on our system? And I feel like we're told that by St. Paul. He literally lays it out for us what we have to do because if we look at the chapter before, which we weren't doing, but just quickly, like he, he talks about like letting go of wrath and anger or uh, lust, various things. But, but this chapter is all about putting on, putting on, you, you read it, like putting on kindness and humility and gentleness and, right. and these patience. things, patience and, and love is the, right. Overarching. You know, and he's, oh, 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 and he says love is, what does he call it? The perfection Oh, wait, what's the line? Um, it's uh, ah. the bond of perfection. Bond, thank you. The bond of perfection. And to me, I love that because love is the thing that keeps the whole system in place, keeps it all functioning perfectly, certainly. And so um, I, I'm just excited to, to like reach into that a little bit and look at that and how can we do, how do we do that? Even Because we can't control everybody in our system right? Because there's a temptation to try to do that. It doesn't really work, but we can affect our system. Right. That's what really struck me in all of the readings was that list, the heartfelt compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, the patience, and the forgiving one another. This is the program for family life. And that's, that's why this reading, I imagine, was selected for the Feast of the Holy Family, which is what we're celebrating this Sunday. So, um, so there it is. It's all wrapped up in a nutshell. But to me, what's really interesting is how do we live that out? Because I think oftentimes these just stay at such a high level. They're just sort of abstract concepts. They're beautiful words. And so I'm really interested in when, where the rubber meets the road. How do we actually hang on to one of these things? Or how do we set the stage for these things to be lived out in our family lives? That's, that's really of what's, what's of interest to me. You know, because I'm a very practical guy. I want practical change. I don't want to just stay in the level of the intellectual because I think oftentimes it doesn't actually meet the earth. You know, it doesn't get boots on the ground. So, so that's, that's one of the things that we'll be, uh, that we'll be talking about, and especially in, um, in regards to action plans. So. 
Okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about this. I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, that um, in Syrac anyway, there's this dis- huge discussion about honoring the father and the mother and, you know, and I understand personally, I understand that. And it makes a lot of sense because a good system works when, you know, there's obedience, reverence, honoring of parents right? And parents and children that are obeying and this and that. And that, and even making the point that when your father is old, I would assume your mother too, is old, you take care of them. Well, again, that's the system. It's a system of love. It's a system where that works well together. I mean, I could honestly say personally, because, um, you know, I, I grew up primarily a single home and, uh, and, and didn't have a father um, that was was terribly engaged and then left. So um, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to criticize or anything right now. I'm just trying to say there's a reality that I didn't grow up with that. Something was missing. A huge yeah. thing was missing. And so I, I can see a lot of people reading this and going, how am I supposed to love or honor this father or mother, whoever it is, when it's the system's so bad, it's so dysfunctional or not even present or or whatever, like when there's hurt and pain and suffering. So that's one of the things I just wanted to at least say that, 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 you know, this is got to me when I read it though, I say, this is kind of God outlining what the ideal is and what he's wanting for families, what he's wanting for his church ultimately. And, and, and that not trying to discount the fact that in some cases it's impossible. I mean, to, to, to um, you know, even if a person, you, you have a death or you have um, a, a father who isn't living up to his part of. Well, can I, can I disagree with you? Uh, go, okay, go I ahead. I think it's always possible to love. You know, uh, even if a person's dead, you can pray for their soul because we don't. Oh, I see. Well, I'm not saying you can't love them. I guess, I, okay. I guess, but it's a difficult thing to actively like honor and revere someone because those are the words that are used when they're not they haven't been present well that could that's i mean you can choose to love so i'm not okay. saying you can't choose to love right okay. you can choose to pray for them but it's very difficult when someone has has been actively harmful yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, totally agree and that's why it's a commandment right if it were easy it wouldn't need to be a commandment we don't have a commandment to eat lunch or to eat regularly because it's easy we do that right we have commandments to do things that are um that we're often inclined not to do. So to honor our father and mother, that commandment's there because I think there are levels at which we all harbor uh, disappointments, you know, wounds of various kinds from our families of origin, you know, from our parents. And so this is a call to to um, not deny that, not to ignore that, um, but to also um, but to but to sort of move in 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 a way to supersede that. Um, so. So that's why I think that's there. Now, I do think it has to be qualified, you know, because the obedience, especially for adults, is not absolute. You know, we also we want to have that in the hierarchy of priorities. You know, if your father is commanding you to do something like shoplift, you know, or something because he wants a special fishing lure, you're not going to do that, right? Because there's a, there's a higher law here. But mm-hmm. in general, yeah, like my mother, we talked about at the opening of the show, said, Pete, love the show. You got you to gotta wear a jacket. You, you really need to wear a jacket. So I'm wearing this jacket, not because I love wearing this jacket, but because I'm honoring my mother. 
You know, it's just interesting. She asked, me, she asked me for that. <laughs> she asked me for that. She thinks I look better when I wear a jacket on a show like this. So I'm going to do that. Now, what if she said to grow a mustache? I would also, I would also consult with my wife because my wife hates facial hair, right? So, um, so yeah, that would be a different case, and that shows that we have to, we have to weigh these things, right? right. You know, because sometimes, sometimes a, a, a husband or a wife may not be asking from a position of love, and they may not be asking from a position of love. And so, one of the things that comes to mind is that for husbands, especially, because I work with a lot of um, traditional and more conservative Catholics. Um, and sometimes this issue of wife obeying the husband is, is, a, is a real sticky point in the marriage. And uh, wives obeying the husband, be subordinate to your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things I tell the men is, look, you've got to be worthy of that in the way that you love your wife. You know, uh, this often gets played out in the bedroom, you know, when there's different kinds of demands or things made there. You know, you've, as a husband, you've got to be loving your wife. You know, and one of the reasons why, again, I think the Blessed Virgin responded so quickly is because she knew that Joseph had her best interests and the best interests of the baby first and foremost in his mind. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 uh, the, 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 um, the role of the, of, the, of the husband is to be putting his wife's interests above his own. Right. And if mm-hmm. that's really what's going on and the wife, the wife knows that that's what's going on, it's not going to be nearly so difficult to to uh, to come to agreement, right, to collaborate. Right. So. Right. Right. Well, I, th- I thought the point in, in Colossians where he says, wives, be subordinate to your husbands. And he says, as is proper in the Lord. I just think that's an interesting qualifier. And, and I always also think like I forget which it's not in this passage, but there's another place where he also says for um, husbands to love their wives as Christ loved his church. church. Right. Which, right. which is speaking to what you're saying right. is you have to be love, loving your wife is being willing to sacrifice everything, right. your whole right. life. Right. Like Joseph. Right. Say like Joseph did. He was willing to do anything right. to protect his wife and his child. And, and, and or the son of God in this case. And so he was willing, you know, and, and I don't know. And that's where it's hard, where this becomes hard on a, you were talking about boots on the ground, practical level is when husbands aren't that's right. right. When it's really bad, abusive yeah. or something. And, right. and it becomes, it throws the whole system out of whack. So the way the system is supposed to function doesn't, if for example, the father husband is, is in some way, uh, you know, using, damaging, not loving, ultimately, his family. Yeah. And, and it throws, and everyone's affected by that. Everyone's affected by that. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. If you, look at the, if you look at the research in terms of um, the children staying with the Catholic faith, that has far more to do with the father than it does with the mother's faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of to- tone setting uh, that, the, that the father does in that home. And so, uh, and a lot of times fathers don't realize how huge an impact they have with that. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree here. Like we, we hear in the readings in Sirach and, and in Colossians, essentially a father, husband has authority in his family, mm-hmm. but we're also told what that 
how that should be expressed. Right. And the qualities, the ultimate quality is love. And, and we're given qualities like putting on heartfelt compassion, which other older, some translations say tender mercies, which I think Mm -hmm. is sort of an interesting word, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So to me, when I think, sometimes when I think of authority, you know, and I, I just like, if I just like free associate, like what comes to mind, usually there's a negative, I hate to say it, but negative, you know, I'm either thinking the Godfather or I'm thinking, <laughs> or I'm thinking some tyrannical right. figure who's going around just after what he wants. And right. that's not at all what we're being called to be as fathers and husbands. We're being called actually to be Christ-like. I think these are really difficult readings in our modern world for modern years. Because these readings are all about authority and responsibility in the family structure. And our culture is all about liberty or license. You know, I want to do what I want and rights, you know. And these are really emphasizing Mm. authority and responsibility and what that means and what that costs. And, um, you know, and so a lot of times I think people will, you know, imagine a lot of folks are not going to hear the long form of the second reading and you know that gets into a lot of these issues today because it's difficult it's difficult to 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 uh to take this in you know ultimately in a family system though somebody's got to make the call if there's disagreements between the husband and the wife you know and i i I really advocate as, as much collaboration and cooperation as is possible but in my marriage once in a while doesn't happen all that often we have disagreements that we can't come to resolution on a lot of times it's about how we work with our teenage sons or our, our young sons, you know, and it's, and sometimes I say, look, this is, this is a kind of a guy thing. I'm going to put my foot down and I'm say, let's not enable this. We've got to challenge this guy, you know? And, um, and so uh, that's, the, that's, I think the reason why that's there. And it's a function of original sin, the fallen nature, because originally, you know, Eve was taken from the rib of Adam's side, not greater than him, not less than him. We're talking about complementarity here and not, um, not anything having to do with intrinsic worth. Right, right, right. No, that's so interesting. You know, and I'm thinking from a psychological level too, in terms of attachment theory, just a little bit, is that there is a natural desire for most mothers to want to nurture and care, mm-hmm. right? And there's a natural tendency for fathers to challenge and push. Right. And, 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 and children need both and right. they need more of one and more of another at a different time right. in their lives. Right. Right. And so that is sometimes a difficult thing for a mom to like allow, okay, the da- this is time for the dad to challenge right. and push a little bit right. more. Right. Meanwhile, the father probably needs to take counsel from his wife. Yeah. Also yep. not to go overboard, right. you know, and the same, you know, so there's this, if it's a harmony, it right. works really well, but right. yeah, sometimes it, it's not easy to, to exactly agree and uh and so on and and so that's you know that's i just i just think that that's something that couples should work towards collaboration and you know it gets back to my uh my key theme which is in order to do all of these things you have to have time you have to have time right look at some of the research on how much time husbands and wives spend together where they're Mm. focused on each other and they're not doing some other thing Mm -hmm. uh, it's really abysmally low Mm. so so one of the things that I think is really important is to carve out time is for husbands and wives to carve out time to be together 
on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and a yearly basis. Yeah. Uh, to be able to look at each other and to really listen and understand each other. When I have couples come into me, they know a lot about each other, but I don't think they really know each other. Mm-hmm. They know a lot about each other, but mm-hmm. to really know, mm-hmm. uh, often that's not the case. That's often that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that at the time, because I know people are very busy sometimes, right? And they get so busy and then they only have, especially everybody's working or running around or whatever. And at the end of the day, people are exhausted. And that's the amount of, then they, that's the time they have for their, their spouse, right? their leftover time. I know my wife and I do this thing and I don't know if she used the word and I latched onto it, but twinning. So even if we have to like do stuff together, that's crap, crappy paperwork, emails, whatever it is, that's like, you know, that we, we can't actually do it together. Mm-hmm. Like, but we try to do it in the same room and we're at least sharing. It's not the same as what you're talking about because we want to go deeper than that, but at least it's being together, right? You know, and it's not just, we're always in little corners and spaces apart from each other. Nine o'clock at night is the time that Pam and I get together and okay. Nine to nine 45 together. And then we go to bed. We're pretty, pretty rigid about the time. I've noticed. Okay. But but that's so a commitment. You made a commitment to that, to that yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, we the kids need to give us that space. And it, you know, it's not it's not you know it's not like if the house is on fire, a kid can't come and tell us, or you know, if there's a kid or whatever. We we bend right. and flex, but we've committed to that time. It's a priority. A, on, a, on a yeah, on a and there's an expectation that we're going to be able to be there. And it really has helped us since we've implemented that. So mm, yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, should we move toward our action items for this week? Yeah. Can I say one more Is thing? Is it time? Well, yeah. Can of I course. say one more thing? We got a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, that about time and taking time that I'd like to emphasize is this other thing that my kids and we have done for many years, and that's the concept of snippets. And what a snippet is, it's five minutes, maybe up to 10 minutes a day that each child gets with each parent, mm. just one-on-one time. And mm-hmm. so during that time, uh, I will often tell stories to my kids or play, play games or we'll color together. Or I'll read to them or, you know, we'll build with blocks or something like that, you know, and, and the child gets to pick within reason. And kids absolutely look forward to that time and love it. In fact, the first word, or one of the first words that many of my kids learned was nip it. They would say, my <laughs> nip it, you know, because they were so to have that time with mom and dad one-on-one. Yeah. And it also provides a containing, uh, containment so they know they can bring something up that mm. they're troubled about or whatever during their snippet time if they want, it, if they want to. So it's real, and we found that we get all that time back. Like mm. we get that time back plus much more because there's much of conflict in the house. There's a sense of kids being, you know, checked in on and really looked at, really listened to for that time in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's another way of taking time. I love it. I love it. I, cause I'm in a different stage of life, apparently like my kids are grown. Right. Uh, so I love that, that example. I love it. It's wonderful. And we've, I've tried to do things like with my one daughter in, in town, we started, we, we, we just have Friday night dinners. Oh yeah. It's, See, it's just regular. It's regular yeah. as planned. Exactly. The other is we have to do, you know, 
right. Skypes and things like that. But but right. even there, we feel connect. We can feel connected with someone even nowadays. You know, there are positive benefits to some technology yeah. Yeah. that I get to actually see her and I get to right. see her environment um, and my son too. So um, just wherever your situation in life, it sounds like, you know, it's like finding creative ways to make sure quality time happens. Right. Yeah. yeah, because it's hard to have any of these things, heartfelt compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and all above all that, the bond of, of love, if you don't have the time. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the time. And that's where a lot of times I'm starting with with people is the first thing is the time. Set mm-hmm. aside the time. But see, to me, I love what you're saying because we're, we were talking a little bit about fatherhood, right? right. Essentially. And, and a father who chooses to look for ways to be, have quality time with each of his children and to do that every day, that to me speaks of um, kindness and compassion and patience and, you know, because you are, you know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's a father being engaged in loving and that sets an example for them of what it is. That's changing that you, you did something in your system that made a has a positive effect it's going to have a ripple effect with all of them right and 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 it's going to come back to their sense of worth because they feel worthy they feel like you value them and you value that time and that says to them they are worth something right um it doesn't mean they're worth everything and they get to rule the house it means but they are valuable and precious right um Yeah. yeah i love it yeah it's 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 been a beautiful it's been a beautiful gift so snippets yeah <laughs> my my 17 year old son still comes and does a snippet you know and nice. when i was 17 you know that wasn't something that you know that i still did <laughs> with my parents i was very outwardly focused you know so don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so we're at the point where we start talking about our action items. I think so. I think yeah? so. Okay. Mine is a little more general. I know yours are, is a lot more specific, but, but mine is I'd like you to use that list of virtues. And, and uh, I love them. I could keep saying them. Okay. Compassion, oh. kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, ultimately love. And I'd like you to think about what you can do today and maybe try to put something and try to make it a regular everyday thing, but choose one little thing that you can do based on the virtues that will have a positive impact on your system. And that sounds kind of general, but it's because we tend to react. Somebody, what happens in systems is, yeah. is, is somebody does something negative, so we react negatively, and then the negativity builds, and it's a negatively negativity is affecting everybody in the system multiple ways and then bounces back to everybody. So everything is affecting everything. And so what, what we're talking about here is, but the, the converse is true. So choosing to, to react in a positive way, purposefully maybe being more patient with someone, maybe it's being specifically choosing a humility or trying to go out of your way with kindness. You know, I mean that, remember there was that movement way back, you know, uh, random acts of kindness, right. but it, but right. don't be so random, like purposely choose an act of kindness that you're going to do in your family. And then I just want you to step back and watch and see if it has a ripple effect. See okay. if it has a positive effect, you know, um, and, and, and do that every day. Okay. 
What have you got, Peter? So for me, you know, I'm going to go back to my key theme, take time and be deliberate about that time. So if you're married and you're not spending much time with your spouse, 20 minutes every day with your spouse. Or if that's hard to do on a daily basis and you're not doing anything on a weekly basis, let's do, you know, let's, let's schedule a date, a date night where you go out. So, um, so really spending time with that important person in your life. If you're not married, then it could be with your time with your parents or time with your children or, you know, time with a close friend or, um, you know, or, or some other, some other loved person in your life. But really setting aside the time and doing it very deliberately, writing it in your planner or scheduling it in your, in your, in your, in your organizer, or however you do it, but setting aside that time, the first step. I love it. And you know what? Our, our action items actually they coincide because you could do that right. as your right. systemic intervention. Right. And right. I, I, if I didn't say it, like you have to do that thing every day. I should have said that. It's not a one-time random thing or else it's not a systemic change. Truly. It's just a, a one shot. Right. So if it's, if you choose, like if it's 20 minutes of, of spending quality time with someone like a loved one or spouse, then that's something you do every day you're actually doing a systemic change. You're doing a systemic intervention in your family system. That's, an ex that's a, a beautiful example of one. So, and then feel free to comment. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if, if you saw it work, if it was helpful, please, we, we need more comments. We want to hear from you and, and uh, what you like and what you like to hear more of. Yeah. Um, so we definitely want you to be aware of the fact also that we have all kinds of cool things coming up. We've got tons of new things where we've got in the, in the works for the new year. Um, we we're still um, doling out modules for how to help a loved one in distress. So that is a free course that is available on soulsandhearts.com. Yep. Um, we have fly in the wall. Yep. Right, which is also just an interesting, you know, if you want to get a, uh, I was going to say bird's eye view, but I guess it's a fly's eye view of uh, a bunch of psychologists talking about various issues. You want to listen in, join us there uh, and keep watching, uh, you know, this program. And we're available obviously on our website, but also on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube. And if you're on there, please subscribe and like and all that fun stuff. And spread the word. You know, if you know of somebody that could really benefit from a show like this or from some of our other resources, please pass it on. You know, we really want people to, to get to know that Souls and Hearts is out there and we're at soulsandhearts.com. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, have a Merry Christmas, too. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas season because you're now entering into the season of Christmas, which is really the time the lights are supposed to go on, right? And the celebrations happen, right? Because it's Christmas. We were waiting, and now it's happened. So uh, be joyful, you know, as joyful and embrace the celebration this Christmas. Um, so, good of, so good to be with you. And I guess we'll wrap up with Be Still. Believe. Be loved. Love. Take good care.